This episode is a continuation of the previous episode from Across the Aisle podcast with Senator Bobby Zirkin. Please make sure you've listened to the previous episode before continuing with this one. Enjoy! When I was a sophomore, my second year, after the election 20, 2006 was my first election where I actually ran, um, John Hafer left finance. And so there were a Republican position open on finance. And so I was running for whip, frankly, was running for leader against Andy Harris. <laughs> that was an interesting election. Um, and so I went to the president. I said, Mr. President, I'd like to be on finance. There's an opening for Republican. I have a workers' comp background. They do workers' comp. I could do that. And a few days later, I got a call. Yep. Okay, you're on finance. And I remember everyone was all mad. How did Kittleman get to finance? He's only been here for two years. It's one of the plum positions in the right. Senate. And I remember Miller, I think he said in front of the, all the session, he said he got it because he asked. You know, you have to be willing to ask. You have to be willing to – you can't just complain about something and, and say you want it. Just go and ask. Right. I mean, I think that's what's so simple Mike Miller. You just ask. He might not give it. He didn't agree with you. But if it wasn't a big deal to him, he was going to give it to you. Oh, we're definitely going to bring a whole group back here to do a Mike Miller. To, oh, to, that to, would be fun. That, be fun. To tell Mike Miller stories on a podcast would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean yep. – he he was a jam. I mean, you'll never get another one like him again. You you won't you won't. And I and I kind of feel for Senator Ferguson, who I only served with for one term. But I mean, you know, nobody is going to be. You can't compare. And I, I think Bill's a good person, and mm-hmm. I, I I trust he's doing a good job. I don't I don't get to watch it very often. Um, but I just I don't feel for, I feel for anybody who had to follow up him. So. Yeah. So before we move away from the Senate, you remember any, any other stories that's that strike you, or or do we move on to county well, exec? Well, well. I think we should yeah, we, we do that in a second. I mean, for me, it was when I was running for county executive, Miller just was so funny because he would always, especially the death penalty bill, when I got out to speak in favor of the death penalty abolition, I remember he started going, ooh, Columbia, Columbia, Kittleman's <laughs> gone over Columbia. Well, Columbia is probably the more liberal areas of our county, and he knew I was running for county executive. And I just thought it was funny. I mean, he had no problem saying that in front of the whole Senate. He was great. He would say things in front of everybody. And the, the one thing about Mike is he loved my wife. My wife was a country music fan, so was he. And so I would always bring my wife to almost everything that I did for like after hours thing at the at the Senate. And he got to know her and 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 he invited us down to his house before. I mean, it was just he was just a he was a real person who was far more conservative than people maybe thought. And you already talked about it. he wanted to kill a death penalty bill. I mean, he was he he only let things go through that he knew had to go through. He would stop things a lot of times from going through that he thought were not good. And he was very moderate to the conservative. I just remember also, Mike, he just really cared about the law. Like, he really cared about the way – at least – look, I, I, I'm, I spent one really bad session on budget committee when I had – you you literally you you could have been talking about it. They they could have been speaking a foreign language. That's how little I understood that. But on JPR, the law, which is what I know, you know, as an attorney, he cared about it. He knew about it. He was as knowledgeable as and he had been chair of JPR too. So it's like he just cared about the law. He yeah. really did. Like people thought of him as powerful, and it was all about power. That was never what drove him. He he gave a lot of thought to the way that the the law would look in courtrooms and it was kind of like Joe Valerio, same type. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember when, when Catherine Pugh won for, for mayor and I was county executive at the time. So Barry Glassman, who was good friends with Catherine, Barry, Catherine, and I also done Senate finance together. We went, Barry and I went to her uh, inauguration and Mike Miller was there. And remember we're waiting, we're sitting on the stage and we're waiting for it to start. And Miller turned around and started complaining to us about the tax, the gas tax. 
And then he's like, and you guys voted against the gas tax increase. You you voted against that gas tax increase. I I still can't believe you guys voted against that. And I remember, and we're Barry Glassman looks like, Mr. President, give it a break. <laughs> we're not <laughs> let there it anymore. go. <laughs> yeah, let it go. We're not there anymore. Um, but that's you know. That's Mike, and so hey, I'll you ran for county place. executive as a senator. Yeah, I recall that being an important election. Yeah, we have some good comments about that one. So yeah, and so I made my announcement on in June of 2013, and I asked some good friends of mine to help me, and one of them is sitting across the table from me right here. And so you were very gracious and kind, and I'm sure it shocked a few people when you came to Columbia that day. It was to me that's what you're supposed to do, and I'll tell you. What, I mean, I endorsed after you. I endorsed Larry Hogan above. Uh, um, I can't remember what's his name now. Yeah, uh, uh, Ben Jealous. Mm-hmm. People are like, how can you how can you support a Republican? Like, okay, first of all, Larry's done an incredible job, in my opinion. He's gonna, I mean, he helped me ban fracking. I mean, how much more progressive of a thing have I ever done? I mean, he was deeply involved in something like that. He, he was a great governor, in my opinion, yeah. and. I don't even know who this other person is. I've never even heard the per- this person's name before. Right. So, like, why would I support somebody just because there's a D next to it? You were even easier because you were, were friend. a friend. Yeah. But you were a great senator. Mm-hmm. And if you had had a D next to your name, they, the Democratic Party would have been, like, hoisting you up for governor. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then why wouldn't I support you? Yeah, but, but it, it's like, man, I got grief for that. Well, it was first of all, it was a great, it was a great <laughs> day. I mean, it was you know, very few people in Howard County thought I had a chance. Um, and it was a great day because probably my three, my good friends from the Senate, you, David Brinkley, and Joe Getty came, and it just was so special to me to have you guys there. And and um, it really, I think your participation helped kickstart. And I should also say, Lee Sladen, she was going to come and she couldn't come that day, but she let me make sure everyone knew that she was supporting me as well. And I think it gave, as we would say in that campaign, it gave Democrats permission to vote for me, that I'm not this crazy right wing guy. I'm a guy that tries to do what's best. And um, and so you put your neck on the line. But you know what? Mike Miller didn't penalize you, did he? No, no, no. He So he it's funny. I, I never really told you this, yeah. but he um, I mean, he definitely, I think you told me a story. Did I tell you a story? You. Yeah. So I said, Mike, I was doing this for you. He said. What do you mean? What do you mean you're doing it for me? I'm like, Mike, you always said, what do you say on the Senate floor? Like, we're, we're, we're the Senate family. Like, we're, we're, this is the Senate of Maryland. This is the Senate of Maryland. I'm like, I'm just trying to help promote your brand. He's like, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You tell me, you said uh, he's not running against a senator. I'm like, if he was running against another <laughs> senator, we might have a conversation. <laughs> and, and, and the last thing about Mike Miller, it was really, and he said this at the session floor, on the session floor on opening day in 2015 when I was county executive and came to the first session. He was asked numerous times to come out against me in that election in 2014, and he told me that that my opponent at that time and others would come around with a video camera saying, just put something on video saying that Allen's obstructionist, that he's done things to harm the Senate, and Mike wouldn't do it. I'm sure he wouldn't. And, and so it went through the whole campaign like that, and I still have it on my phone. He called me about a week before the election, and I still have his voice on my because I'm not going to I'm not going to delete it. And he says, I just want you to know, Alan, I've done everything I can. They're really putting pressure on me, so I'm going to give them a statement. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to give them a statement, like a written statement, saying I support your opponent. That's all I'm going to do. I just want you to know that I gave you a call ahead of time to tell you, which, again, is very kind to do that. And, you know, and I still won the election. But, I mean, then on that first day of the session in 2015, you go back and listen to it. He's in front of everybody introducing the county executives and goes, and let's talk about our former senator. 
He's the one that his opponent came and tried to get me. He's saying this in front of everybody. Yeah. But we, you know, but I didn't do that because he's a senator and he's part of our, and then he said, Brian Frost, they asked you too. And you didn't do it. And Brian's like, yeah, I didn't do it either. Cause Brian and I don't agree on a whole lot of things, but we respected each other. Yeah. And so that was, a, it was a tough election. I remember here. when he said that, cause then he looked at me, I'm like, I won. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, it was, it was a turning point in that election. There's no question when that came out. And I appreciate that from you. I was telling you, I was watching the video the other day. It's still on YouTube. Um, and so that, that, was, that was great. It was a great campaign. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we, we shocked a few people. Well, Hogan shocked people that election, too. It was a little different year. And so, and then Governor Hogan and I became very close, and we still are, um, and worked together very closely. So. so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the national stuff, because yeah. I got to say, you know, you, you, if anybody's listening to this, like this is politics the way it's supposed to be, right? And just you know, for anybody who's listening, like Alan and I, you and I did not always agree on issues. No. I don't recall any that we got into big fights. More times than not, I mean, because you and I were on different committees, you would yeah. call me and say, "Hey, you should take a look at this piece of junk that's coming out of my committee," and I would say, "Hey, yeah. you should take a look at this piece of garbage that's coming out of mine." There actually there was one. I gotta take it. There was a bill. You helped me. I, I, Brian, we keep mentioning Brian Frosch. He was so mad. I don't know if you got any Which shit to this, this one. This was the, his slap suit bill. Do you remember that? He had a bill that I thought was so bad. He was doing it for the, you know, um, he had a view of it that I understand. It has to do with it's, the slap is strategic lawsuit against public participation. So this is like the effort. If somebody files a defamation suit, right. that's real. you're just trying to go at the person and make them spend money for no reason because they're doing, because they said something. His view of it was the little person who says, uh, writes a letter to the editor against Exxon and then Exxon sues this little guy and he has no recourse and you're gonna bankrupt him, which I understand. The, the flip of that was really bad and just not to go into too much detail, yeah. but his bill was garbage. I, I think I remember this. Andy Rosenberg keeps putting this garbage nonsense still in. And I'm like, every year I call this, I call Will Smith. I'm like, you have to kill this bill. <laughs> So, so we're on the floor, and I don't know if you remember this at all. I, I th I'm, th I'm thinking, I'm thinking of something. Go ahead. Then. It was like a three-day marathon, and I'm going at Brian and I, me in the back of the room, as far back as I could be, and You're him, back. him as the chair, going at this back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth about this really hardcore civil civil law type stuff. And it, towards the end, my recollection was McFadden said something. You got up because he didn't. I saw he was paying a lot of attention. I, you got up yeah. and you're like, I'm with Senator Zirkin and here's why. And, da, da, da. and then Miller said something also. He he jumped, jumped on. Which was unusual. Which was very yeah. unusual. Yeah. And then McFadden got up, which put the nail in the coffin of this bill. He goes, I got to say, this has been great. It's like, you know, courtrooms, two great lawyers, and I'm a member of the jury. And, you know, I can't decide. And so if I can't decide, I'm going to I'm going to vote to acquit. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I didn't quite know that what that meant. <laughs> And he's like, I'm with the senator from Baltimore County. And down the bill went. And Brian didn't talk to me for, for like a week. Yeah. But you had gotten up. And you're like, yeah, listen, well, Bobby's right. Yeah. This is the right policy. We should kill it. You know, yeah. that's the way this stuff works. That's the yeah. way it's supposed to work. It, it is. And it's just we so care sad. About party. Well, it's just sad to me. Like, I tell people now, Andy Harris, and I serve with him in the Senate. Um, we don't agree on a lot of the issues. Um, but, you know, he would. Is such a Republican district, he can't even have lunch with Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, or he'll get in trouble. 
I mean, you can't even talk to the guy. I mean, I can, or Nancy Pelosi, can you imagine the headlines in the Eastern Shore? Andy Harris had lunch with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, what is wrong with us being able to talk to each other and, and work together on issues? And you know what? Okay, we don't, we don't, let's say we don't agree on 80% of the issues. Well, let's work together on the 20%. Right. Why do we forget the 20%? Let's, let's work together and, and let's not hold grudges. And let's not, I mean, this, the Republican Party is not the party that I've been in all my life. And I'm really sad because it means a lot to me. I mean, I've put a lot of, of equ- sweat equity in, and work, hard work in the Republican Party of Maryland. And to see where we're now and see where we are on the national level is just, it's just sickening to me because we've kind of lost our compass. I'm feeling the same way about the Democratic really? Party. Yeah. Aspects of it. I mean, there are, you know, the Ben Cardins of the world, I think, yes. are great, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even like somebody like our friend Jamie Raskin, mm-hmm. he's amazing, right? I mean, he's much more to the left of me. Me too. I can tell you, anybody that thinks that that guy's a partisan doesn't know him, right? He, he, would work with anybody on good. He would come policy. to my my constituent nights. You did too. He would come and talk to my constituents about how much he appreciated working with me. I mean, he didn't have to do that, right? I mean, no, he's not partisan. And Ben Cardin, I mean, when when we had the terrible flooding in Elegant City, my twice we flooded during my term as county executive. Ben Cardin came one time, and there were so a bunch of crowd there and in front of everybody. He goes, we're all Team Howard County, and Alan Kittleman's our captain. And he was like supporting me and helping me and doing everything he could to help me. And then when I lost, he called me up. And then when I, they always have an unveiling of a portrait for the county executives when they leave office, he came to the unveiling to the Republican county executive of Howard County. It's just a good un- person. Right. Isn't, I mean, it's crazy that that's even like something that has to uh-huh. be brought up on yeah. a podcast as if somehow that's a big deal. Like people were furious at me about yours. Yeah. But, oh, my God. When I mean, I, Hogan, I endured Hogan. They yeah. went crazy. Yeah. And then, and I would have do it again. By the way, I would yeah. have done that. That was a no brainer. Both of those were no brainer. Actually, all the one, yeah. Mike Huff I endorsed in the last election. He's a good friend of mine, and you know I didn't know his opponent, and he's right. running for count. Like somebody said to me, like, "Oh my God, he's pro life." I'm like, "Okay, what does that? I'm pro choice, but what does that have to do with it? He's running for county executive. What does that have to do with how you pave roads? Like, it, it just, I don't know. There, there was a I don't know. I think it was after you, maybe, but there was a rule. The first rule I put in is JPR chair. Yeah. You were gone then. I you was were, gone. Yeah, yeah, you I were county gone. executive. It's the first thing I said. Every, and everybody, were, you know, I was talking to Cassidy this morning, actually. Mm-hmm. The, the only real rule I had, we had our big meeting. I said, listen, I'm just, this is, I don't know how things were done before. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a rule or not. I have one rule. You can fight like hell on every bill, but keep it about the policy. You may, if anybody in this room, or anybody outside this room, but anybody in this room n- speaks ill of another person in this in this room publicly, your bills are dead. I'm just going to draw your bills. You can fight like hell, you know, about the public yeah. policy, but do not attack each other. Do not like leave your party at the door and work on the law. Yeah, no. and that's that's my rule. No, and that, that's a great rule, and it's the way it should be. And you shouldn't have to have that rule. You would think we could just do it. Because we're kind to each other, and granted, and I never served in the House, but I understand the states, the Senate is more civil than the House. I've heard, but um, I just you know, it's it's just sad because I remember one time when I was a county council member, and my dad was in the state Senate. We had a transportation meeting in Howard County when the state secretary of transportation was running. You probably been to those for Baltimore County, and so we're all there in the Howard County office building. They're talking, talking. They finished, and I remember my dad stood up and goes, "Okay, where are we going to dinner?" And we all went to dinner. Yeah. I mean, Liz Bobo went to dinner. Her husband, Lloyd Doles, went to dinner. 
Ed Casemeyer went there. I went there. Democrats, Republicans, we all went to Alex and said we had dinner together right. because we were friends. Right. And I don't know if you could do that now. I don't know if you could do that without getting in trouble. And you, know? you get like tweeted about or something. Yeah. So it's just it's just it's just really sad. So that's why you know my goal is to I keep on telling everybody we just we need to focus on doing what's right. And I have a, a total loss that while my Republicans, Republicans who I care about and I've been known for all my life and who are smart people, and they're just gung-ho for Trump. And I'm like, I know you. I mean, I know your core beliefs. I mean, I don't understand how you can be doing this. And, I mean, if, for Republicans, to me, it's like, don't you realize that we can nominate almost anybody but Trump and we'll win? I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I love Biden. I didn't vote for Biden or Trump. I wrote in Larry Hogan's name. But I think Repu a, a younger Republican who's still conservative will beat Joe Biden. I think he will. I think Trump loses to Joe Biden. So I look at Republicans and go, even if you, you know, like Trump, you should be thinking to yourself, if you want to win the election, don't go with Trump. Uh, but he's just, you know, I wrote a letter to the editor to the Balmer Sun after the January 6th insurrection saying that, you know, this is terrible and it's, and it's an insurrection and, and Trump should resign even before the January 20th. And, and people got all mad at me about that. Um, when they announced that, um, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had won, I put on Facebook, congratulations. They got all mad at me saying, oh, it's all going to be overturned, Alan. You're crazy. It's going to be overturned. I'm like, guys, what is wrong with you? The election was not stolen, and we got to stop talking about it. Let's talk about issues people care about. Right. And I think if you do that, you win. If you keep on talking about election denying, you're, you're just not going to go anywhere. You know what's crazy about the election denying? I, yeah. The, I, I, as I think you and I talked offline, I interviewed a lot of the candidates, so I asked a couple of them about that. And I brought this up. Donald Trump lost to Ted Cruz in the Iowa caucuses. Do you remember that? I do. I, do. I remember he lost. I forgot it was Cruz. And the very first thing came out of his mouth is that Ted Cruz stole the election from him. I mean, it's like every single election that this guy loses, he claims that there's fraud. And somehow, like, nobody's caught on to the trick. Like, if you win, it's fair. And if you lost, I mean, did Ted Cruz steal the election, the Iowa caucuses. I don't even know how you would do that. I mean, it's just such nonsense. It but is. so many, I'm sorry, but like lemmings believe this stuff. Lemmings is a good word. That's exactly, because they're not thinking for themselves. It's just not. It's just like, I get it. You you agree you're, you're pro-life or you're pro-this or anti-this. And that's all fine. Like those are policies. But like this guy is the worst human being to ever run for that office. He's, the, he's a terrible human being. Yeah, I'm I mean, a criminal. Let's put it right there. I mean, this is a if you, if you listen to that tape, and I, I saw on Fox News, Sean, Sean Haney tried to explain the tape away. That tape, he is showing classified information to people who are not authorized to see it, and he's even admitting that he's doing it, right. and they're still like, it's okay. Right, it's still okay. Can I mean, you imagine if, if, if Obama was doing no. that, what they would have said? I can't. I can't imagine George W. Bush. I mean, I, I think it's just crazy that anybody could even think that's true, and then for him to keep on talking about the Presidential Records Act and I can do all this stuff— I'd, I'd like Attorney General Barr, I and mean, he's very good on TV saying that that's about his diary. That's about personal notes you get to keep. That's not classified documents. That is not the president's documents. That's the country's documents. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating to me that they don't won't go past that. And like I've never been one to say Republican all the way. I mean, I don't think I've voted a straight Republican ticket my entire life because I tell people I know people running better than anybody else. Some of them are crazy. I mean, that's, and some might think I'm crazy, but I mean. So I always vote for what I think is the best person, but that's just it's just so frustrating me about Trump. And, and I'm telling you, 
it just destroyed our party. I mean, we have one elected Republican all of Howard County right now. I mean, that we haven't had that bad since 1982 when my dad won. I mean, I and I just worry that I, I'm not sure when it's going to come back. Um, and so, you know, people tell me, why are you still a Republican? I said, well, I'm trying to save my party. I mean, I think we do need to have at least two parties. Like, we probably could do three. Yeah, better. it would be nice. If, you know, it's funny. I, mm. People have asked, you know, who yeah. I'm. Who I'm supporting in in this election, and like to me, like when, when you when you have like a Joe Biden versus a Donald Trump, like that's not even that's not an election. That's like, a, I mean, to me, there's no question as to who. I don't care. He is a horrible, horrible human being. And I, I, you know, I'm one of these people that I'm one of the. I don't know what the polling numbers are. They're not great, but like I'm one of these people that actually really likes Joe Biden because I think at least I, I do think maybe a little too old for. For, for running for president, but at least like the Joe Biden, the moderate, conserv- you know, kind of the bipartisan, I want to work with everybody type thing. I like that image. I'll tell you who else has that, though, is Larry. Oh, he I mean, does, but he can't win a Republican primary. He definitely can't win a Republican right. primary. But could he win as an independent? Could he Could right. he run with a Democratic whoever, governor, senator, whoever, and do a unity ticket and come down the middle? I think he could get some votes. I'm not sure he gets enough. Uh, it could be like a Ross Perot where he gets 19 or 20 percent. But I mean— it's almost like we need that shot. We need a shot in the arm. We need to get people back to their senses because um, we we got to do something, and we got to have people talking. People in my party have to be willing to stand up, and Chris Christie's doing it, a few others. But you know, we need more people. Governor Hogan's been great with it, um, but it's not. It's not. You know, I forget this. Forget this rhino stuff. I mean, it's, it's not. You're not a Republican in name only because you do, you don't support a crazy guy. I mean, right. that's ridiculous. I got that too. I was a dino. You were a dino, yeah. You were a rhino, I was a dino. I didn't know what it was at first when somebody said that such, somebody, well, I won't say who, but a delegate yeah. called me a dino on on some bill. They're like, get that dino out of office. I'm like, what's a dino? Like, I had no idea what they were talking about. And the just, bill, uh, by the way, I, you were you were out of this. This is what I was in JPR. I was chair of JPR yeah. at that point. And, and there was a bill that had a great name. It was called the Trust Act, right? Yeah. Like, how do you, it's like the Unicorn Act or something. But the, uh, but part of the, Part of it was fine. Most of it was fine. It was this immigration stuff. Yeah. Most of it was fine. What wasn't fine was a little provision in there that would have said that the state and local governments would be prohibited from do, from communicating in any way, shape, or form with ICE. And so I asked the question, well, what if you had somebody – what if – I'm not saying this is not like a Trump statement that you know whatever he said, Mexicans or rapists or whatever the hell he said. But what if you had somebody in your prison who had, you know, had immigration – was not here legally – and had just been picked up for attempted rape or rape or shooting at somebody or something. Like, are you saying that you have to not tell ICE that? And the answer given by the advocates for this was, yes, we don't think you should tell ICE anything. And I'm like, well, that's a stupid idea. Like, why yeah. would you do that? Right. And then fast forward in Montgomery, you know, Prince George's County, decided to do this on their own. And that very scenario happened. They popped two guys loose, and those wow. two guys went out and killed the killed the person who had who had told on them in the first place. I mean, that's just, that's when like, that's just not common sense. It isn't. I had a police officer, a police chief Howard County told me when they were doing the bills like that in Howard County. He said, "Alan, it's never good to tell one law enforcement agency they can't talk to another. I mean, you don't have to help them, but you can't talk to them. I mean, you." We want to know when they're coming in and doing a raid. I want to know if they're doing a raid in Howard County in case someone does a 911 call and says someone's breaking into someone's house. Right. I want to know if it's the federal government. That's not, right. you know, I mean, it's just people, but they let their, we need to treat everybody with respect. When I was a county executive, the immigration advocates loved me. 
and I was a Republican, but I gave more money to helping people who are immigrants in our county. I gave more money to the organizations that were doing that. I didn't care if you were here legally or illegally. I wanted to make sure you got a good education. I wanted to make sure you had the health care you needed. I mean, that's not my concern. My concern is to make sure people in Howard County are treated well. And it's like, We've lost that. We've just, you know, we've lost the right of center, left of center. That's how it always was. Right of center, left of center. Economics, I'm right of center. Social policy, I'm left of center. But I think that's where 90% or 80% of the people in the world are, or the country yeah. are. That's where I consider myself yeah. as well. Yeah, and so it's, it's just kind of sad, but um, but I this has been really great. I got uh, one I, more to talk oh, about. Yeah. Okay, I know, I know she's getting yeah. the high side yeah, over that's here. Why I'll try to be what? nice. That says Zirkin on there, not, not <laughs> Garanzik. So I'm going to continue... Okay. Because there is a bill that, and I want to make sure okay, yeah. that I want to make sure you get credit for. Like, I don't know what you think is your best accomplishment down in Annapolis. I'd be interested in that, but I'll tell you one of the most inspirational bills that I was ever involved in. You started this ball rolling, and actually, uh, Chris, Christine McComas was uh, was was here today. That there's going to be a podcast with her all about Grace's Law. But you were the original sponsor of well, that important piece of legislation. In all fairness, I will say that John Carton was the original sponsor, and he did the House bill, and then I took his bill and put it in the Senate. Uh, Christine McComas and her, her daughter Grace and family are live in Howard County. That's how I knew them. Uh, it's a terrible story, and they should listen to the podcast get all that story out. But um, Christine is an incredibly courageous woman, and, um, and she and I became close when we were dealing with Grace's Law point one, 1.0. And— um, and for those, let me stop. For those yeah. who haven't seen that, Grace was a thirteen-year-old oh, yeah, girl who hung herself by, I think, on her banister after being savaged online. This was a horrendous case of online bullying, cyberbullying that had no recourse whatsoever under the law at the right. time. It was it just terrible. It was terrible. And Christine w was going to be her voice and continue her voice and voice for so many other young people and, and others. And so I got to know her through that process and I worked hard as I could to get that bill out. It's hard. It was hard. And you know, cause you worked on the second time. I mean, and I just remember um, that John Carr was able to get the bill through the house and the bill came over to the Senate. My bill still hadn't had a vote in the Senate. And sometimes politics come to play. I'm a Republican. You don't give a Republican a win. I understand that. And so I remember talking to Brian Frost and I think you and, to, and Jim Broach and others on the committee saying, you got to give this thing a vote. Got to give it a vote. And I give Brian Frost great credit because John Cardin at the time was running against him for attorney general in a Democratic primary. And politics would say, you don't give the guy a win. And Brian, to his credit, gave the bill a hearing and a vote. And it got out of the, out of the, of the Senate committee. And it got to the floor of the Senate. And I invited Christine and her daughter, I think it was Megan, came. And they sat next to me on the floor when we passed the vote. And that was... Pretty important. That was an important piece of legislation. Fast yeah. forward a couple yeah. of years when, yeah. when we upgraded it and made it really strong. I think what we call this, I think it's still the strongest uh, anti-cyberbullying law in the country. So it's funny, we were talking about this with Christine. We had her sitting in the balcony. She wasn't down. And Miller said, I gave a speech about the bill. Then Miller said something. And the Senate gave her. Wow. It was, she started crying here, actually, mm -hmm. when she was on the packet. Um I mean, it must have been a five-minute standing ovation for her and her family. Uh, I mean, she has fought. This. She has fought when people have called her crazy and people have called her other terrible names, and she has fought. And you know what? A weaker person wouldn't have been able to continue, and she has continued strongly. Now the federal government uh, working on issues. I mean, and so I, I give great, great um, honor, and, and, and I just it was, it was a privilege to work with her. 
uh, on that legislation, but it definitely wasn't me pulling the weight. She pulled a lot of the weight and she made things happen. And I'm just glad that I could help a little bit, but, um, yeah, you, but and you, you made it, you made it a lot stronger too, but I've been having her and her daughter on the floor that night. That was pretty special. Very special there. moment. Yeah. And fast forward, it was the same, same type of thing. It's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Well, let me just, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. We, yeah. can, we can do this and I hope you'll come back. I want to talk about workers' compensation. Nah, I want to talk about, about stuff. <laughs> talk Mike, more Mike Miller. Maybe we're going to have a round yeah. table Mike Miller story session. You know, Alan, across the aisle is supposed to be about what you and I did and what you did even before we were friends about Republicans and Democrats, independents working together, actually not even saying that you're working together as Republicans and Democrats because it doesn't matter, right? It's just... It's about whatever your thoughts are about issues, about the law, about the specific thing that you're looking at, about bills and legislation, not because some special interest party tells you how to vote or what to think or whatever. Right. And you you did that and have been doing that for your entire public service career. Well, no party has a monopoly on good ideas. And so sometimes Republicans have a good idea. Sometimes Democrats have a good idea. And we shouldn't say no just because we don't want to give them a win. And that's just what frustrates me now. I, I feel like people just can't do that. And so... I just want people, whoever's listening here, just think, just think and know what's right and do what's right and don't follow the cult personality like Trump is or whatever else. Just do what's right in your heart. You know what's right in your heart. I'm sure my good friends who are still following Trump, they know what's right in their heart, but they still do it. Uh, and so I'm just telling folks, hey, just go with your gut and then you'll you'll be a lot better. And that's what we did in the Senate. And I think we had a great Great team in the Senate, both Republican and Democrats. We got along really well. I remember I would stand up on the floor. I know you're getting re ready to stop this. And I would speak. And my my barometers were people like Rona Kramer, Ed Case Meyer, Mac Middleton, Bobby Zirkin. And I'd be up there and I'd be talking. And if they're shaking their head, yes, I'm going. And as soon as I see them go, I'm not sure. I Okay, I'm sitting down. <laughs> if I don't have Bobby Zirkin or Rona Kramer or Ed Case Meyer or Mac Middleton, I got to sit down. And so no, you're always, you're always a good friend. So I appreciate it. Well, it's one of my favorite things, calling you on the floor you, and I'd be like, Jamie, what is this garbage bill you guys passed? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. So I'd be like, Alan, did you see yeah. this nonsense that they did? What do you think about this? You go like, I haven't looked at it yet. I'm like, just take a look at it. Tell me what you think. And you, you would turn around and be like, yeah. you'd give me like a thumbs down. Like we're going to take this thing apart. Or, or be like, Alan, I can't ask a question here. Here's a question I want you to ask. Right. Yeah, that stupid second reader rule. You, uh, here's a question. I want you to ask this yeah, question. Can you ask Brian this question real quick? <laughs> yeah. And then Brian, of course, would look back to me yep. like, you son of a bitch. You yeah. gave him that question. <laughs> yeah. Where did Kittleman get that from? Yeah, it's, that's too funny. But hey, anyway, there were good times. I really, I feel like we made that difference. Uh, one last thing I'll tell you. One thing I do remember is after the first vote on marriage equality in 2011 on the Senate floor, I think we did it in an evening because I'm walking out of the Senate chamber with Brian Frost. And we're walking down those big stairs going down to the circle. And he just looked at me and we said, you know, Today we voted for an amazing, a, a big deal today. He goes, but you know what? I'm going to get up tomorrow. And he said, you're going to get up tomorrow. We're going to be with our wives. But we voted so people can be with the person they love. Yeah. It doesn't affect us. You know, if somebody says, oh, it's going to ruin heterosexual relations. How's it going to ruin that relationship? Oh, the other thing I'll tell you quick, I didn't say this. When I decided to support this, the calls I got in my office, Bobby. Oh, we didn't know that, that Senator Kittleman was gay. Uh, we didn't know, does he have a child who's gay? And so I used, to, I used to like go in place and say, you know what, what's wrong with a straight white guy who has four children who aren't gay supporting marriage equality? You know, that's what it should be all about. Shouldn't just because you have a special interest, a child, a father. I'm, no, it's the right thing to do. And my gosh, I'm a straight man who loves my wife. We've been married 37 years. And you know what? Some people in my church are mad at me. That's okay. 
We don't live in a theocracy. That's why I wrote my little note to my, my constituents. We don't live in a theocracy. I represent everybody in District 9, and, and I don't, can't vote for something based on religion. That, does, that tells me how I treat people, not how I vote in the Senate. Well, I'm going to leave it at that because, quite frankly, you couldn't possibly say it any better. This is the way we're supposed to be doing politics, and hopefully, hopefully somebody listens to this. Hopefully somebody hears you talk about principle— over party and i feel the same way about yep. mine and hopefully we come to a place where this is like, of course this is how you do things so yep. well great i've enjoyed it thank you i appreciate it so anyway with across the aisle this is uh senator bobby zirkin here with uh senator and howard county executive and commissioner <laughs> alan kittleman thank you so much for being thanks. with us i had a great time thanks all right